Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where we discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience in the field, and our members' stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Turkey Call All Access Podcast. I am your host for this episode. My name is Paul Campbell. I am a Director of Development for the NWTF. On this week's episode, we're sitting down with Mark Hatfield, Director of Conservation for the National Wild Turkey Federation. We are talking all things wild turkey research. All that and more in 90 seconds. Hey guys, this is Aaron with the Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Um, but I, I see just a ton of opportunity to really like just fortify, you know, the impacts that conservation is ha- like can have again, you know, 50, we talk about, yeah. you, you know, the history, you know, with, with Duff Holbrook and all those guys, you're back in the forties and fifties that started, you know, trapping and transferring and, and trying to figure out and solve the problems. And, and here we are again, fast forward, you know, 50 years into BTF created, you know, 70 years from, from really like the, I feel like the beginning of this and, and we're trying to figure it out again. And, and I, I see a ton of opportunity for people like you and, and the researchers that we have in this country to really do good work. And, and you guys are laser focused. And, and I, and I do like that. Um, one, one question that, 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 that I have is how, how does like wild Turkey research work in this country? You know, I, I just, you know, me as a landowner, I can't just go out and trap a wild turkey and throw a Garmin watch on it, right? I just, that's not how research <laughs> works in this country, right? Right. Yeah, so that, that's a great question because I think there's some misunderstandings of actually how it does work. And so I think this is a great, great starting point is that wild turkey research and wild turkeys and, and wildlife in general is actually a public trust. So everybody in North America, in the United States owns the wildlife, but the entities such as the state wildlife agencies, they are by law, they are the ones that facilitate, manage, and to ensure that we have wildlife for the public. So they are basically given that responsibility to manage that public trust. And that goes back to um, 
the North American model of, of wildlife conservation. So it's very ingrained with that. So, and then in the early times, you know, we, we started to then manage wildlife based on scientific principles. And that was one of the other pieces of this is that we need the professionals, we need biologists, we need foresters that are trained, educated, trained, and then actually apply that on the, on the population. So research has always been paramount to all of that. And so when you think about wild turkeys, you know, we have different entities that conduct research. We have um, state wildlife agencies that conduct research. They have research branches and research arms. We have universities, land grant institutions such as LSU, uh, University of Georgia, Kansas State, Penn State, all of these that do research, but they have to do it in conjunction with state wildlife agencies because they have to permit the research that's being conducted. So that's that's the well, first off, I want to back up real quick. You forgot to mention the Ohio State University, Mark, land grant <laughs> university here uh, in the great state of Ohio. Uh, go yeah, Buckeyes. that's right. But <laughs> go, I guess go Buckeyes. I'm a wildcat, but you know, okay. not all not not all universities are going to be doing research because they all don't have yeah. wildlife biology programs. So they're tied in with some of those. And so it is um, not all universities do it because it is a very specialized course and major and or area of study. So, um, you know, we'd love to see applications from the Ohio State University as you as you articulated that. But, um, you know, I, I did, sorry, I mentioned Penn State and not Ohio State, but no, it's all I know good. we, uh, our most, uh, our Mosby Award winner this year was uh, Dwayne Doffenbach from Penn State. And he actually conducts research in conjunction with Pennsylvania Game Commission and Penn State for turkeys. And so he was a recipient of an award this year. So um, hopefully we can get one of those from the Ohio State University. Yeah. Dr. Gates, if you're listening to this, chime in. So I, interesting, I think to point out is the, the cooperation really between three entities. You've got, you've got the, the academic side that, that does the research. You've got the agencies that, that also you know, do the, re, the research, but manage that wildlife trust. And then you've got the NWTF, you know, is, is an organization. So what, what is this organization's role within that, that research triangle? Yes. Yeah, so, so before we dive into that, you know, we're, we're definitely connected with the state wildlife agencies because of our, the NWTF technical committee. Our NWTF technical committee is um, convened three times a year, and it actually consists of every turkey program coordinator or turkey biologist for the state wildlife agency, we meet. And they are an advisory panel to the NWTF on turkey management, turkey harvest, <clears throat> research, all of these pieces, because we want to make sure that what we're investing in and what we're advocating is what the state wildlife agencies need, because it's their responsibility to manage the birds. We're providing input. So with their help and the help of the regional associations of turkey biologists that re, that report up through AFWA, and sorry for the acronym, but it's the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, those entities help us determine where we should be spending our money, what topics should we be addressing, and how should we be addressing those in our research to make sure that we're funding the right ones. So, we don't, NWTF, our staff are not conducting the research. 
Now we may assist and our volunteers have assisted with research, with trapping and banding and moving birds and all of those things, but we don't oversee the research. We come in in a complimentary fashion to make sure that we are driving the investment into the best research projects across the country that will have the greatest impact on the resource. So we are a catalyst um, to spread the word, you know, build social license and to talk about what we're doing and why it's important and also provide some funding. Now, the, 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 the technical committee meets three times a year all across the country, uh, agency folks all across the country. That's that's a really neat, I guess, program. That's a really neat committee. Um, are the are the needs of those state agencies from across the country, are they all different? Or are they all kind of seeing the same issues or do they do they have the same needs? Well, the needs vary by regions and it also varies by state to state. But there are some underlying issues that that group says these are the ones we need to focus on. Not all states are seeing declines. Not all states are seeing unstable populations and all, not all states are seeing an increase in population. So they're all in different stages of where their population is at and the different things that they face. But collectively, that unit gets together to discuss these things and say, OK, if we can only focus on four or five things. What are the most important things for wild turkeys? And does that affect me in one way or the other? So not all states are created equal. You know, they all look different. They all have different regulations. But we're trying to manage turkeys now across jurisdictional lines. We're trying to look at ways to aggregate data, making sure that if we do one study, say, in Ohio, and we do another study in Pennsylvania, that we're using the same methodology so we can compare data so it can be applied in other states. So that's going to be that's an important step with this technical committee is they're trying to make sure we are working across jurisdictional lines and we're structuring projects and research priorities that will be beneficial across multiple states, regions, and or across the country. Is that's I mean so that's a new approach when we when you've got regional agencies working together and, and looking it's it is when it comes to research, because many times research was done. There was, you know, it's easier to collaborate now. You have Zoom meetings just like we are on today. We have, you know, conference calls. We have all this stuff and we can we talk a lot more and we have more funding. Right. And, and the technology's gotten better. So it used to be that projects were limited by the technology we had. And we are today still. But we are now collaborating more in more of these consortiums and saying, hey, this is how we're doing the project. Is this a way you could do that? And we're adjusting methodologies. Turkeys are managed at a state level. So it's a it's a train of thought that says, OK, I'm going to is it wise for us to send money out of a state and support a project, even though it's not in my state? But now that we've standardized methodologies, many of the legislatures or the regulate, you know, regulators within the states are accepting that research because it's standardized. So it is new, but it's a concept that we've, we've built upon and technology has given us that ability to do so. That's really that's really interesting. You, you talk about a room full of people that, that have their fingers on the pulse of the wild turkeys regionally, nationally. Um, that's 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 really neat to hear that, that there's just kind of a bigger push to, to work collectively. So when, when, when you said there's, you know, four or five things that this, this, this trust of people want to, you know, they, they see the need and they want to focus on, mm -hmm. 
what what were some of the what were what are some of those like top four or five things that that you know people yeah. are like okay we've identified an issue. So one of those is, um, and it's a very consistent theme across all states, is trying to understand and develop better ways to estimate the abundance and or populations of wild turkeys, because it's very difficult to count turkeys. Um, and so we want to create and, and have research that potentially looks at ways to increase our effectiveness and being able to identify and, and estimate the abundance and or populations, because if we have a better number, then we can manage more aggressively or conservatively based on that information. Another one is wildlife disease and, and diseases that impact wild turkeys and are they having an effect across population scales? You know, wildlife disease is always something, and I think we've all seen how a pandemic can affect anything in our lives. Well, there's wildlife diseases out there all the time, you know, and so we were wanting to understand, are there any underlying issues that are causing low reproductive rates or, or infertility in eggs, or is it, you know, not an impact and it's just, you know, working its, its natural level. Um, we want to look at ways habitat can be created in a better way and investigate ways to do so and, and have it research supported so we can increase nest success and, and, and poult rearing, which is very important to this. And then we've got some other ones we want to understand causes of mortality um, you know, in both adults and poults for turkeys. And then we also want to look at ways that potentially harvest structure and, and management structure or season structures in states help us understand the relationship that we as hunters have with the population. So those were the five that we kind of put out there and said, hey, we'd like for this year in 2023, we would like to see projects that would help address some of those or answer some of those questions. And so we put that out there through a request for proposals, which is a very typical process we use. And we solicited projects. And so we get those projects back and then we go through an evaluation of those and then allocate funding to the best projects that um, are going to be most beneficial to the management of wild turkeys. So you get those project requests from universities or agencies or both private landowners Typically, these are in in um, cooperation with the land grant institutes institutions or anybody that's got a wildlife research arm with an agency or or you know university. And typically, they're working together because that's one thing we want to strive is we don't want to be doing research that an agency is not going to support or funding research that an agency is not going to need or support. So we actually have a, a requirement within our application for them to understand and for them to share with us how they're working with the state wildlife agency uh, to ensure that the research we're being done is not research that's going to be put on the shelf we want it applied and we want it used mm. and so we have to have that coordination and so that's one big aspect of our rfp is what's the coordination with your within or external to your state wildlife agency so we can understand that and many of our research projects we received actually span multiple states. And there there are multiple universities and multiple state wildlife agencies that are supporting this. So it drives that that acceptance of the results. You know, and, and Mark, in my previous life, I was a golf course superintendent. And I would collect all of this data, you know, soil, moisture levels and all of these you know different metrics. And, and, and I had one of my mentors made this comment to me and it really just floored me. So you can collect all the data in the world. It's what you do with that data 
that's important. So I think yeah. that's nice to that's nice to hear that. Well, let's just not do the same thing over again. We've identified um, some issues. Let's think of new novel approaches, novel research that that we want to do. And I think that's that's an important kind of point to just really double down on. So when when you get this kind of first wave of of investment, not first wave, we've been we we the NWTF has been funding research for decades, but just recently, I mean, I feel like if you could do a, a study on the word research and wild turkey, and I mean it has peaked, I'd say in the last what <laughs> three or four years, right? Yeah. Um, so um I would say probably there's more research being conducted now on wild turkeys probably more now than there's ever been maybe the 1980s were a little bit more um, values of the projects have gone up, but the number of projects may be rivaled in the eighties when, when, when we were in the peak of the reintroductions and, and trap and transfer and just trying to understand how we can get turkeys back on the landscape. But right now, you know, we have uh, probably more wild turkey research being conducted across the country than we've ever had. And, and probably the greatest investment, you know, we, we were, I think people have forgotten. We were actually founded, NWTF was, as a research organization dedicated to the research and the conservation of wild turkey. So in the late 70s, we made an initial investment of about $3,000, $2,700 towards our first project in 1977, 1978. And today we've exceeded a $9 million investment into wild turkey research. Now, we're not funding these projects solely. You know, we're leveraging those funds and we're leveraging partners. But the one thing we've always done is we've had the connection with the state wildlife agencies because they're using that that research to hopefully, you know, maximize opportunities, you know, manage turkeys at a, at a greater competency and build social license. But it actually some research may may be derived that we need to adjust and, and be more conservative as we're trying to understand, you know, all these new variables that are impacting turkeys. Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Mark, what, what was the reason for the slowdown in research after, you know, just say, mid-90s, early 2000s? Why, why did it slow down? Well, 
you know, our population was just increasing so aggressively that wildlife management has historically always been a discipline that reacts to a problem. You know, the squeaky wheel gets to grease. And so when we started to see populations increasing, we started to see birds everywhere across the landscape. We were focused on restocking birds. We were, we were in a very good place, right? And so we, we peaked, you know, in the mid-2000s. And then it takes you a little while to catch up to those, to that st- stabilization and or declines. And so that's been one of the reasons is we were doing really well. You know, uh, that we were we were founded in 1973. There was 1.3 million turkeys. By the mid-2000s, we were at nearly 7 million. You know, when you get a 600% increase or, five, you know, 550% increase in populations, your research budget gets moved elsewhere. Yeah. And, and so it's just a natural process, you know, for that. <clears throat> but as we've started to see these populations become unstable and or decline, we've started to coalesce together as an, as another, as an entity, as a, as a group and start to say, okay, Hey, something's going on. We need to reinvest. We need to be deliberate about that. And we need to figure out what's going on because we can't go through another restocking effort. That that's, that's not honoring our tradition, our past and all the hard work that's got us to this point. I, that that comment that that you made, you know, wildlife biology is a, is a discipline that reacts to a problem, and I, I I understand that completely. So now that now that we've got kind of a fresh wave of of problems, um, our our role is is conservation as as turkey hunters as an organization, agencies, all of us collectively, has kind of shifted to what we need to do. You know how how do, how do we see around corners? Is is conservationists and biologists and that's a hard question but but what 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 can we do now like from a research-minded perspective to to say okay yeah is that possible or is it just kind of wait and see what comes and just be prepared to react really quickly when we start to see it see an issue well i think it's a multi-pronged approach is that one i think we understand some basics of wild turkeys i'm not going to say we understand them all because we're seeing things now that we didn't expect right but I think we understand that we have to always continue to have to have healthy habitats and and healthy ecosystems so we can sustain the natural environment for fauna, turkeys are a part of that. So I think we need to continue to do so. But we also need to create an environment that is uh, nimble and focusing on the greater good for wild turkeys. So that's, that's where this group of biologists from all the state wildlife agencies getting together and saying, man, what are we seeing? What's going on? How could this be impactful? You know, and, and asking questions, challenging each other in very candid, direct ways, but being respectful for other ways to do things and open to those things. So the novel approaches, you know, we're conducting research now in ways we never thought of 30 years ago. I mean, before if we could figure out a turkey's you know, if they were using a football field area to nest in, we were really, man, it's like, man, we, this is great information. Now we can get it down to the meter that, that, that where that nest is at based on technology. So, you know, I have a lot of confidence that we're doing so we're trying to be uh, open to this, but it's difficult because um, I had a wildlife biology professor tell me a long time ago, 
I think it was my freshman year, that said wildlife do not species of wildlife do not read textbooks. They're not sure what they're supposed to be doing. They're just out there trying to survive allocation of resources. They're going to do things we've never expected. Now, we think we know what they're supposed to do, but we don't. So being open to new technology, applying them at a greater scale, and then being very challenging the research internally, you know, peer reviewed research is critical. Um, and then also we need to to give state wildlife agencies the ability to make these changes as they see fit based on that research. That's probably going to be our biggest challenge moving forward is the social acceptance. When an agency comes out and says, we need to cut a bag limit or we need to do this, we need to be, they're doing this for the resource. They're doing this based on information and it's the right thing. And we need to give them that social license and support. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with that more. And that goes back to the statement that I said that, you know, our role as turkey hunters, just just turkey hunters, has really shifted. And and I think a lot of people um, are starting to figure that out. There's a ton of people that are that are behind the agencies, behind the researchers. So Mm -hmm. that's that's interesting. Um, You know, we the NWTF has has made the single largest investment in a year into into wild turkey research. And what, what was like, what, what drove that? I mean, you, you talked about, you know, you know, being nimble and being, you know, kind of ready to react. What was the, what was the, like the reason behind that investment? Well, I think it's been forthcoming because as you mentioned, you know, we, we took a, um, I wouldn't say a break, but we had a lull and a low point in the number of research projects. But over the years, as we've started to understand and see these declines, um, it started to generate support from the agencies, university. It started to drive questions and it's and, and funding has been available to do so. So, but one thing that we've been able to do along with that is everybody's really keen on information right now. People, you know, individuals such as Mike Chamberlain and Turkey Tuesday, somebody we partner with a lot is getting information out there. People are striving for information which is then social license to make these investments by these wildlife agencies. And so that in itself has been building. It, it wasn't overnight. Um, and so being, being on the pulse of this has helped us. And then, you know, really we've had some tremendous partners step up um, that have helped us fund research, you know, because research is not, not cheap <laughs> anymore. You know, we used to fight over $3,000 going to a research project in the 70s. You know, and that was, you thought that was the greatest thing since, you know, ever. And now we're seeing, you know, $9 million invested in wild turkey research yeah. through partners and the partners bringing that money to the table. And, and we're being complimentary to that. So it, it's a, there's a lot of variables. It's the pushback from the, I'd say it's also some of the noise we're hearing of people's concern you know, for turkeys and, and creating this opportunity for us to make that investment. And so a lot of different variables, but is it one thing? Probably not, but people love turkeys. People love to hunt turkeys. Um, and so people are concerned. People put a lot of hard work into where we're at today and they don't want it to go away. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like when, when people get upset about, could be anything but you know we're talking about Terry when people are upset about populations they're upset about 
research being done or not being done or bag limits or whatever, whatever the point is. And I, I like that they're upset because that means that they care. If no one cared or no one reacted, then the, you know, that, that, I mean, that literally means that no one cares and nothing's going to get done. And yeah. I like that people are conscious of that because we want to keep this, this resource, keep this animal healthy. We want to do everything that, you know, that we can, you know, going forward. So, you know, there, there's been a lot of active research. I mean, I've got a huge list of research, uh, you know, here, here in front of me that, that is going on and has been going on the last couple of years, um, you know, with the agencies and the universities and, 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 you know, with us, our, our involvement as, as an organization. So what have we learned in the last just 12 to 18, 24 months uh, from some of this new research that's been going on that, that can kind of start to answer the question when people ask, well, where are the turkeys? I mean, I, I hear that all the time. Well, where'd my turkeys go? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm an idiot that I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll try to find out that's. And so, but, but we need to start answering that question. I say, we, I mean, that's a collective, we, right. Not, not just, you know, um, so, yeah. so what have we learned that we can start to piece together what's going on? Yeah. So that's a really good question. So we held um, in conjunction with North Carolina wildlife resource commission last year, last June. So just a little over 13 months ago now, well, right out of year now, the 12th wild turkey symposium in Asheville, North Carolina. And so it was an interesting concept or, you know, th th these things have been going on since 1959. There's been 12 of them and we're getting ready to host the 13th in 2025. But the 12th kind of reinvigorated everybody. So many of the projects that we've been able to invest in over the past two years specifically are new projects and are multi-year projects. So results are still pending on some of this stuff. But we we've the one thing that is the takeaway and again i don't i don't want to share results because they're not our results to share as an organization they're they need to have context and they need to be information from the agencies and, and from the universities that are doing the research but we left the 11th symposium in 2014 and there was conversations around do we need a 12th symposium because, you know, it's probably we weren't on the cusp of seeing some of the things we're seeing now. And we, the technical committee, ourselves, other entities, we, we pushed forward and, we, and we, we pushed forward and North Carolina Wildlife Resource Commission came alongside us and helped host it. At the 12th symposium, we we're actually speeding up when the next one is because of the engagement and the interest. And so what are the results? We don't know yet because last year we funded seven unique projects. This year we funded another 10 projects. We've got another four or five projects we're funding through state chapters that are at the state level and, and probably numerous others we're supporting in other ways. But the amount of interest to understand and the aggressive nature that we're taking. I mean, we're a part of, NWTF's a part of 20 plus unique projects across the country. And they're all working together and they're all sharing information. Um, you know, we have projects going on in Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Florida, Kentucky, Alabama, um, Ohio, um, you know, and then you, you know, then you start throwing in 
these other areas that are part of the national RFP. The ones I first listed aren't part of the national RFP. Those are just unique projects we're funding and supporting in various ways. So um, the one thing I'm confident on, I think the results are going to be applied. Well, I know they're going to be applied. Um, and they're balanced and we're, we funded the right ones, but we're still waiting on, a, we're still waiting on the results and that's research takes time, Yeah, you know, so, but we're looking at unhunted populations. Um, we're looking at populations, you know, doing a comparison between those two, then that's going to help us understand how does harvest structure and season structures impact the relationship we have with wild turkeys. Um, we know that turkeys react differently to a hunter than they do to what I would say, AKA natural predators. Um, they just respond different. So we need to understand that. We need to understand um, what's the causes of mortality as, as opposed to making assumptions. And so we have to be definitive. But the challenge is when we do the research, we conduct the research and we get the research results, we have to accept the results even though that may not be what we wanted to hear. And that's the hardest challenge is we, ex we do the research, we accept it, but then we have to apply it, but we have to accept it. Like maybe it wasn't the best news. Maybe it was something we didn't expect, but we have to accept it because it's done in a very rigorous way. Oh man. You're talking about fighting human nature, right? And <laughs> buckle up for that one. Yeah. That's I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, someone's unhappy. Someone's pulled in the driveway. Yes. So yeah. let's let's. I want to I want to highlight just real quick. You've got these these national, uh, you know, funding or you know from from the uh, RFP that we've got here. Just real quick, Iowa identifying mammalian predators, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas. Um, some research on Rio Grande's Kansas, poult foraging, Florida reproductive goblin chronology of Osceola's Mississippi novel approach to estimating wild turkey populations. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and this is all, this is all new style research that you were talking about. That's being funded mm -hmm. through this, through this project. So when we've like, and, and this is what I, the, the one thing that you've made me mad about is you're like, well, we're not ready to talk about it. Cause I'm super impatient. I want to know <laughs> just like everyone else. I'm like, I want answers now, Mark. Yeah, Why aren't they here? Exactly. Um, so I will, I will put my patient hat on and sit in the corner and, and, and wait until you're ready to tell us. But what, I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom in this, in this world about wild Turkey populations, about wild Turkey research. People, people are freaking out. We all hear it with this new research that's coming out, what's like, what's a bright spot that people can really just grasp onto and say, okay, we collectively are doing the right thing. Well, I think it's the process in which we have gone through to select these. Um, it's not done out of haste. It's done in a very deliberate manner that we are working with all the parties to ensure that they will, the results will be accepted right? That there's rigor into these projects. But I think it's the diversity, you know, and we look at all the different ways, you know, we have, we have stuff that's focusing on Rio. We have stuff that's focusing on Osceola's. We have stuff that's on, on Easterns. We have a, a project in there that's looking at infertility rates of eggs that can be applied to any of the subspecies. So I think it's the diversity that we're trying to invest in and, and it's not focused in any one part of the country, right? When you start looking at these things, they're, the applications are going to be endless and accepted for those. So that's one bright spot. Um, the other thing is, is we're trying to evaluate new ways to do this. And so it, it really, 
you know, you mentioned Duff Holbrook very early on. And so Duffy, he created the rocket net, you know, and the cannon net for us, a cannon net, and then it's, you know, evolved into the rocket net. But for us to be able to have that ingenuity to figure out the problem we had in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, and, and how we moved birds and how we did that, the ingenuity of all these projects to me is really, really awesome because it is and comforting because man we got some really smart people trying to figure this out they're diverse they're willing to talk they're willing to challenge each other and i think that's going to be the biggest key there um yeah i mean i'm like you i wish i knew the silver bullet while we're seeing these unstable populations and declines but i will also share we've seen some bright spots this year you know kentucky has seen a lot of birds on the ground this year great harvest Ohio has seen some, Arkansas has seen yeah. some, Louisiana, we're seeing some bright spots. So are we seeing declines overall in a population? Yes. To me, it's more concerning when we have unstable populations. And I think some of this stuff can help to understand that so we can make right corrections moving down the line. So it's the ingenuity to me. You know, I've seen I've been doing research for NWTF or looking at research for NWTF for a long time. And there's people on here that I've never spoken with that are now wading into turkey research. The scale of these projects are what we've never seen before. It used to be state by state, one small area, and it was only going to be applied in that state. So scale, scope, scale, and, and the collaboration to me is really exciting. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Now, if I if I am a, a turkey hunter and and I'm I'm really dialed into to the population declines or the research, um, and I and I want to see the data that is available, uh, that has been completed at the agency level, university level, is there is there like a place that that someone can go and just look at that information, historical research, historical data, and the stuff that is coming out? Yeah, so we're actually going to be in, in a partnership with the Wild Turkey Lab. Uh, with Dr. Mike Chamberlain and where we are actually, Mike was just actually over here this week, you know, the, um, going through our, our library, looking at old historical books and, and research and stuff. And how do we incorporate some of that stuff? You know, we're going to be following back up on all of these research with updates. Uh, this information is shared at our convention, you know, in our conservation conference there. And then we also will be sharing it at the wild Turkey symposium. It'll be in Kansas city in 2025. So, um, those are all going to be pieces of this, and we're going to be sharing updates on that. We, I think we've done 25 to 30 stories of wild turkey research in the past year. You know, that's one every other week of, of information. And, and so we're trying to share information out. Uh, it's difficult because you have to honor the rigor of the data analysis, and you have to make sure that we are sharing information that has the proper context from the researchers because we don't want to get um, we don't want to share information that's not, you know, um, contextualized because people can make the incorrect assumptions on those. Just a, just kind of a, a like I said earlier, I'm, I'm an idiot. And how, how do you take that, that raw data that the researchers collect and how do you make, how do you use that data to make decisions? How, how does a researcher break that stuff down? Because novel research, we're going to get new, like you said, new stuff that we didn't even know turkeys did or were doing or issues that they were facing. How, how do we, how do you take that and break that down into useful data? That's 
like leads to to quality policy decisions? Well, I think a lot of it is tied into understanding how the data was collected, understanding the assumptions that were made to get to that data, and then to run it through a filter within your state to say, are we seeing the same things? Or is this very similar to what we've seen or different than what we've seen? But then it really boils down to how do we create more pulps on the ground? That's how we create more turkeys for hunters, right? So I think understanding those pieces, it's, it's a very complex manner because it's socially, you have to look at the social aspect of it. You got to look at the um, biological impact of this information. And then that's where this, this conflict comes from wildlife managers is balancing the biological data with the social impact. And the social, you know, the social impacts of um, what people will socially accept, right? And you're trying to maximize that. So it's it's not a very easy thing to do, but the fact that we have this network of fifty plus turkey biologists that are talking across state lines, asking the questions that range from individuals that have been with the agencies for forty plus years to individuals that have been there for one, you know, less than a year. They're sitting in the same room going, man, I'm seeing this. Have we seen this before? So it's it's an opportunity for us to do that, but it's creating rigor in the results so it can be accepted. And, and accepting that peer-reviewed, then we can start applying it and making those best adjustments as we can. Yeah. Mark, I want to leave you with 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 this question. How? What's the responsibility that modern turkey hunters have within – the population of Glen. What what can can we do as hunters to help improve the populations? Help really really just impact this animal across all regions of this country. Well, I think it's twofold. There's personal responsibility as a turkey hunter to uh, conduct yourself in a manner that sees hunting in a positive light. Um, so I think that's paramount for us to be able to continue to turkey hunt and, and even hunt. But when it comes to, and then you want to manage, if you have an opportunity to manage property, I think you want to manage for diversity. You want to manage for turkeys and, and do so and create healthy and healthy habitat. The one that's probably the most difficult, and, and I mentioned it earlier, is to provide social license and support for the agencies to make the decisions that they are making. Um, I know all the turkey biologists from across the country. I know people don't know me, but I, I, the listeners don't. Maybe some do. But they are in this for the right reasons. <laughs> they are advocating for the resources. Many of them, all of them probably, are turkey hunters first, and then that's the reason why they're now turkey biologists, right? So we need to support the agencies and give them support to make the necessary changes within regulations to ensure we have turkeys on the landscape, but also understand they're trying to maximize opportunities. So providing that support to the agencies, uh, we may not like it, they're tough decisions, but we need to accept it because they have a lot of other information that we don't have. And we need to accept it, it's good information, and we need to let them apply it. And we need to let them experiment with changes in regulations because that's the way where we get here is maybe we need to make it tighter. Maybe we need to make it, move it back, but we need to give them that and we need to support that. 
That's a, that's a great, that's a great statement. And so I'm going to simplify that. Take a deep breath, ask the right questions and listen. That's, I think that's the, you know, for, for hunters. And I, and I had to do that in Ohio. We, we went to, we went from two turkeys to one turkey in 2022 Mm -hmm. and we asked the right questions. You know, people were, people were curious. They wanted to know they had, you know, they they were and and our Mm -hmm. state agency did a really good job of communicating the need and the why we had to do this trust, but verified type of deal, you know, from, from the Turkey hunters. And I, I think that, that the Turkey hunters in Ohio, the ones that I talked to and I talked to a lot, really got behind the decision to reduce our bag limit. Uh, and, and like you talked about, we've seen, we've seen a lot of really good, you know, good numbers, pull survivals and, and, and harvest the last couple of years. So Mark, well, thank you. Go ahead. I, I'm going to build on that real quick. So I, I know the director there in Ohio, I was chatting with her earlier via text earlier in uh, May. And I said, Hey, hope you're doing well. She said, yes, I am all is well here. Turkey numbers are good. Yeah. So agencies understand the importance of having strong turkey numbers. And so that's, you know, people are focused on it. And again, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good deal. Mark, thank you for, for all that you do. Thank you for, for you and your staff for building those strong, authentic relationships with the universities, with the agencies and and, and communicating what you're doing. Um you know, if, if there's anything that, that I, you know, I look at this, this request for proposal, if you're an NWTF member, you got this press release just uh, in the last couple of days, wild turkey research, the NWTF national investment wild turkey research in the last 12 months totals over $1.2 million. This shows that when there's challenge NWTF and it's, and it's volunteers rally to solve it. And that's, that's a quote from, uh, that's a quote from you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and again, it's a, uh, we've, we continue to rise to the challenge. I've been with NWTF for nearly 20 years now. And anytime we've thrown a challenge out to our volunteers, our partners, we've exceeded that goal and we've see, exceeded that challenge. So this is no other, not, not different than that. So yeah, again, the members, the members, and oh, sorry, the members and volunteers of this organization are, it is an amazing group of people and, and they're yeah. willing to get behind something like this. So. Sounds good. But no, I appreciate it. And and thanks for everybody, the partners, the researchers. It's a concerted effort and we're all in this together. Mark, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Aaron with the Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. 
the Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.